0: welcome to the question and answer episode with lily desk the author of midnight poppyland in honor of Midnight poppyland season two one part of this is on my podcast the story sinker and the other part is on girl wonders podcast please go check out her midnight poppyland episode with the rest of the questions and answers and some other fun tidbits including an interview with me you will hear the questions being read by my patrons And if you want to hear more about Midnight Poppyland, including an in-depth analysis of every episode, you can check out my podcast, The Storytinker, on all podcast platforms as well as YouTube. Enjoy! The first
1: question we have is from Lil Angels, and it says, Will we see more romance or mafia in the next season? And the answer is yes. Question two is also from Lil Angel, and it reads, Will we have more fluff moments between Tora and Poppy? And the answer is yes. Question three is from Marzara. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And it reads, A petition for steamy scenes in season two. And more of Tora's abs, of course. And the answer to that is yes. And the last question is from gizm draws sometimes and their question is are there really moments that hint to a sewer's bride
2: like the scene up in thug's pavilion and the answer is of course annan Haluchi asks what comics do you read lily's answer was as of now none considering that season two of midnight poppyland is about to launch i think that makes a lot of sense The next question uh, is from Emily Bass, me. Um, I asked, what are some things you do that help spark your creativity? Her answer was, sit down and get to work, young grasshopper. Um, I think that a lot of the times we think that there's some special muse that can always be present, but I think as Lily has just said, sometimes you need to sit down and do the work. The next question was also from me. I asked, do you have any talents that are useless, but you're proud of anyway? Lily's answer was, my computer desktop is always empty. Which I think is extremely impressive considering I have more tabs than I will ever read open online currently and it's cluttered with pictures and other useless nonsense that I don't need. So that's a pretty amazing talent.
3: Hi everyone, this is Priya. I'm going to be reading some questions from fans and answers from Lily Dusk. The first question comes from Edith, Moonlight Beatery. The question is, who is your favorite character in the comic, and who do you dislike? Lily Dust's answer is, it's hard to pick. It's hard to dislike any one character either because they're also intertwined with my own thoughts, feelings, and emotions. It would be like disliking myself. Cue existential crisis. The second question comes from Kate, Webtoon hooked. What character do you most identify with and why? Lily Dusk's answer is Erdine. I'm bossy and crude like her, but less extroverted and energetic. The third question comes from Misty, and the question is, why did you decide to make webcomics and how did you get started? Lily Dusk's answer is... I was shoulder surfing on my way to work and saw someone scrolling through this comic app called Line Webtoon, and I decided to check it out, and the rest is history. But I've actually been making comics since I was 10 or 11, so it has always been my thing. Thanks everyone!
4: Question from Begonia Rex. Not only have you given us an amazing story, that has spurred a lot of people to try their hand at writing or other creative activities for the first time, but you've helped to bring people together and build genuine friendships. How does it feel knowing you've been the catalyst for such a great community? Answer from Lily Desk. Absolutely honored and privileged, and I can't be happier to know that so many of you have found genuine companionship, friendship, new interests, and hobbies And so much more. Question from Enin Haluchi What is most difficult to draw? Answer Muscles. Question from Strawberry Torah What's the story slash meaning behind the title Midnight Poppy Land? Answer from Patreon I have a lot of recurring themes that are made up of things I love like flowers and the night. So the title comes from there. It also kind of tells a story of how Poppy's world that should have been a brightly colored place takes on a sinister, darker tone because it's midnight. I don't know if that makes much sense, but there you go.
5: Laura here. My question was, how long has Poppy worked at Giant Goldfish Publishing? I'm curious how long it's been since Poppy graduated college. And Lily responded with a word on this question in general because so many people have been asking about the MPL dates and timelines. I prefer not to make any specific timeline references because I'm very prone to making mistakes when dealing with numbers and figures, aka, I can't count very well. Really, guys? But I can draw pretty well, and I hope that makes up for my inability to count. LOL, JK. Also, because we have many international readers who might get confused by a different education system, I'd rather just leave it out altogether and try to have readers focus on the story instead. That said, I do have all the events and dates tracked and recorded in a spreadsheet to make sure they're at least unfolding in a logical manner. In any case, to answer the question, Poppy has been working at GGP for about three months or so. Or was it three years? <laughs> And I feel so silly asking this question because now, in me rereading MPL in preparation for season two, it clearly states in, in the beginning of the story that she's been working there for about three months. But sorry to annoy you, Lily, and thank you for answering. Question What inspired you to create Midnight Poppy Land and its characters? Are any
6: of your characters inspired by someone? From Allie Cat, Cast Studies, Edith Ada, Crazy Girl Re. Raquel, Volker13, Begonia Reads, Lady Libris, Ariadne, Lady Faceart, Vanilla Straw, and and Draw sometimes. Answer I've always been a huge fan of romances and whatnot, but I was always left with an aching sense of sadness and longing when a story, series I loved, ended. And because I'm an extremely picky reader, I have always had a very hard time finding something I can fully immerse myself into. So eventually, I decided that instead of searching for that one story that would go on forever and that would fulfill all of my romantic cravings without me ever growing bored of it, I'd create it myself, hence Midnight Poppy Land. As for the characters, there are too many sources to name. Most of the characters I've created are a mishmash of myself and people I've met in real life, or based on observations I've made on how people talk, think, and behave in general. Things were probably thinking about people but won't say it to their face because it'd probably be quite rude and offensive, lol. Side note, I was told that there is some kind of rumor that Torah is based on my hubby, which is cute, lol. But nah, not true. Mr. Lily is a complete opposite of Torah, Just a regular, everyday dude you'd meet on the streets. I'd say, though, that Mr. Lily is a mix of Quincy and Jacob. Yes, he does have drama queen tendencies and is quite vain, lol. That said, I have based many of Tora's actions on Mr. Lilly's, such as the things he's done for me, how he's like with me, etc., like Tora's grabby-grabby hands. lol. My hope is that this would add more depth and realism to Tora's characterization and make it more believable for the readers. As much as I can, I try to incorporate things I've either experienced personally before or things I know I can and do happen in the real world into the story.
0: This question is from Heads Are Rolling. What did you learn in storytelling from your original upload of Midnight Poppyland to the relaunch on originals? Here's the answer Wow, too many to list, but I'll try to name a few. And remember, these are just my personal opinions, so take them with a grain of salt and feel free to disregard anything you don't agree with. Also, it's intermingled with the business side of things, if anyone is interested to know. So here goes nothing. One, I've learned to listen to my instincts and go with my gut. If something is screaming, uh, this is a bad idea, maybe not write that in, then I should probably just listen. It could be as simple as a line of dialogue or an entire scene. I've occasionally scrapped entire scenes because of this. I don't think this is a bad thing to do, but too much of it would create a ton of self-censorship, which is definitely not a good thing. Two, the ideal state for me to be in when I'm creating is that sweet spot where my brain is flowing with creative energy, and it's an incredible place to be. It doesn't always happen, but I've noticed that when you develop a routine and a habit of writing at the same time every day, the ideas do eventually start flowing and they do come quite easily, but it does take practice and discipline to get there. I do things like having a note app always within my reach and writing down every idea that comes to my mind. So I send a signal to my brain that's like, hey brain, it's safe to spew out ideas. I'm not gonna forget them and I'm here to catch everything you come up with. So just spew away. Three. I've learned the importance of doing research that clued in on significant current events, even if they might not seem relevant to the story. Earlier on, I learned the hard way that certain topics, plot devices, and words left out loud are just no. So yeah, get educated on shit, especially if you're like me and you're based in a country outside of where your main audience is located. It's a whole ass culture shock, y'all. As for those who've decided to go against the grain, so to speak, I'd say just keep calm and carry on but tread wisely and Godspeed, I guess. Four, I've learned that it is possible and would probably be a good thing to predict audience reaction. Before Webtoon, I'd never thought of it that way before. I thought all I had to do was write and mind my own business, which again is perfectly valid if that's your chosen approach. Personally though, I make it my goal to write slash create in a way that would elicit the reaction I want. I personally consider this, among several other things, to be successful writing, and this is something I look out for on the regular, as a feedback loop, to see how well I'm doing with my storytelling. However, sometimes this backfires, and people don't react the way I intended them to because of different factors, cultural, political, etc. Which yeah, it does suck, but that's cool, and I usually try to figure out what went wrong and how I can do better in the future, or what I can tweak to produce the intended outcome. Talking like this, it does seem like I'm looking at the parts of the storytelling process through a pretty detached and clinical lens, and yes, that is true. Sorry, laughed out loud. Five. This kind of ties back to point one and three. Sometimes, something I've written, mindlessly for fuck's sake, laugh out loud, can go quite wrong. And as someone who does this for a living, I've had to brace myself for any kind of backlash. Because in a business sense, this would potentially lead to a loss of income slash profit due to poor reception, complaints from angry readers, or worse, angry parents, platform, app store regulations, etc. Six. Very early on, I had to decide how much of what I'm creating is for an audience and how much is for myself. And because I decided that a significant portion of what I'm created would be done with an audience in mind, and to be honest, if I'm genuinely just writing for myself and no one else, I'd save myself the butt hurt, <laughs> skip the pl- public platform. And just show my work to my family and friends. Anyway, I think this was a pretty important thing I had to figure out because it does influence how I tell my stories. Neither good nor bad. As a professional, you just run with it. If you're more of a hobbyist, you can be more ballsy and go all out. But if you're like me, and especially if you plan to make a sustainable income stream, then you probably have to be more calculative and shrewd about it. Also like me. Laugh out loud. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Storytinker Q&A. Please be sure to check out the other part on Girl Wonders podcast and make sure to come back for in-depth analysis of every episode. Thank you so much to my current patrons, Susie, Lady Libris, Allie Cat, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily, Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, Saucy Tacos, Meg, Anne Rose, Priya, Alex, Misty, and Laura. Your support is truly appreciated.